It's the special time of year we call the holiday season. And no matter how you choose to celebrate, we're glad you're here with us as we watch another Disney holiday film. We're not just going to watch and talk about this film. We're bringing in some special help. A seasoned veteran of holiday films. But before we get to introduce them, let's introduce our society members. I, of course, am Jeff Crawford. A wonderful time to be with you. I'd like to introduce my brother, Michael Crawford, who is in the same state as all of us. We're all in the same state. Michael, how you doing? I'm feeling good to be back in the old North state with everyone else. I've been watching a lot of Charles Kuralt lately. So. As you do. It makes me want to pile in the yeah. Winnebago and head off. Yeah. Anyway, uh, up in the mountains are the rest of the crew today. Andy Brown, they're actually in the same room, if you can believe it. We're going to start with Andy Brown, uh, who moved off of his undisclosed compound <laughs> to be with us today. So we can geotag him just this once. Andy, how you doing? I guess I'm doing okay. I mean, it's nice to be looking at some different faces. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you got to get out of your Faraday cage, and now you're going to get all these ads uh, of, you know. <laughs> Back on the grid. Oh, yeah, all that uh, EM radiation right. coming through the air. It's 5G. <laughs> that, that 5G, yeah. <laughs> you like power line from the Goofy movie. Um, joining us from the mountains of North Carolina as well, as we mentioned, Robert McSwain, the founder in, uh, you know, at home base. Robert, how's it going? We, we are here in the in the home base, uh, the kitchen of my. It's not really my childhood home, but it was. Uh, it became a, a home later on in my life, I guess. But, um, Andy's here with me, and so is our special guest. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, we should. Uh, we should get to our special guest. She has become somewhat of a legend, not just on our podcast, but in our lives. True. On the Facts. whole, as all of us have known our guest for the bulk of our lives. But no one here has known her longer than our founder, Robert. So, Robert, would you please introduce our special guest? So, when we did Mickey's Christmas Carol, I mentioned that growing up, our house was in two camps. So those who loved Mickey's Christmas Carol that came out in 1983 and those who liked the George C. Scott Christmas Carol of 1984. Ooh, that both terrorized heavy, me. Both saw heavy, <laughs> heavy playtime during the holidays, and it was uh, suggested that we should do another Christmas Carol episode and bring in an expert to join us this season. And that person is none other than my mom, Elise McSwain. Mom, welcome Yay. to the podcast. Yay. Thank Yay. you. Thank you. I want to know where you got your guest list. <laughs> I mean, a 75-year-old grandmother. Oh, yeah. Well, First guest. I mean, that's yeah. starting at the yeah. top. Most requested. Yes. Well, our Andy said he's looking at a new face. He looks at my face every Sunday morning. It's true. <laughs> she, she said he's too up much. on the stage. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Identity he's theft. up on the stage, and I'm down in the front row. <laughs> Aren't so, we all in the front row watching Andy on stage in some yes. way or another? <laughs> so, Mama, you adore all versions of Dickens' Christmas Carol. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so uh, what about this story uh, that – that makes you love it so much? What is it about? Just the, the whole story, not the one we're going to talk about tonight. I, I love this story because it's um, it sort of makes everybody think about what's important in life, like family mm -hmm. and doing the right thing for others instead of being a grouch. Hmm. 
at Christmas. So what is it? Okay. So the George C. Scott version, is that still your favorite or if you changed your, uh, your camp now, if you moved camps? I, I like the one with Alistair Sims too. Mm. I'm not familiar yeah. with that one. Neither. 1934. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that the original one? Like the first movie version of this? Yeah. And uh, Finney. Oh, Albert Finney? Al- is it Albert? Albert mm-hmm. Finney. I love that one, too. There was a musical one that I remember we tried to watch, <laughs> and I couldn't get into it once. It was That's Albert Finney. That's the Albert Finney one? Okay. This one's kind of a musical one. Yeah, this is. So. Very much a musical. Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, yeah, the, the book itself is... Uh, interesting uh, that it's so short uh it's just really it's like pop music and of literature you know you got this really short uh heavy hitting dickens book that has led to so many different spinoffs but unfortunately disney isn't doesn't own the rights to the george c scott version which i would say is fortunate because the ghost of christmas future gave me nightmares as a child from that version um but with Bob, let's buy some IP Iger back at the helm. Who knows what next year will bring? Maybe he's going to go after that. I mean, he <laughs> traded Al Michaels for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. You never know. <laughs> um, we had to go with another version of The Christmas Carol. It's one that Elise has said to have watched over 100 times. Is that true? Whoa. Yes. I'm impressed. Okay. Wow. Uh, we're going to throw it to my good what, brother, what, Michael. You guys What's can't it? say it. There's a big board here that's marked. Every time she watches it, she makes a mark on the board. It's, it's, it's actually I, I, a, a live tree that lives in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I notched the yeah. wood on the log yeah, cabin. That's right. Uh, Michael, what is our Christmas Carol film this year? We are watching the classic Christmas Carol, The Muppet Christmas Carol, from 1992, directed by Brian Henson, written by Jerry Jewell, based on the story by Charles Dickens, of course, and starring the Muppet performers Dave Galt, Steve Whitmire, Jerry Nelson, and Frank Oz, and of course featuring the great Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, This was the fourth Muppet film to be made. It was the first to be released by Walt Disney Pictures, Although Disney did not actually purchase the Muppets outright until 2004. So they were still a separate thing at this point, but Disney put out the movie. And of course, as we see from a title card at the start of the film, it was the first Muppet film to be produced after the deaths of Jim Henson and Richard Hunt, sadly. I was wondering about this uh, distribution. Was this... uh, do you know, or does anyone know, was this part of a potential, uh, you know, was this movie produced as a potential kind of Disney is going to buy the Muppets thing that before that fell through, or did it just happen to be, they were doing business together and then they thought that they might buy the company or do we know anything more about that initial deal that did not. So I'd heard they had done maybe like a one or two movie deal. As, it's sort of the preliminary to the, to the purchase, um, but I, I can't. I just I'm in the back of my mind. I remember reading something and going, "Oh, okay." And then because I was wondering why they like they kind of inched away from each other after they made those first couple of movies. Yeah, I, I can't remember the timeline of the the breakup, but Disney. I mean, obviously Disney wanted to buy the company because they wanted access to Jim Henson, and when he passed, of course that that became moot and. Then I think Eisner got a little more grabby about what he wanted and things kind of fell apart. So I, I am not sure. That's a good question. I'm not sure at what point the deal for this came through. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. 
<laughs> How old was Jim Hansen when he died? He was he very, very old. He was in his 50s, I think. Yeah. Er, early 50s, I think. And he was on the cusp of doing some really amazing stuff. Yeah, that's the sad yep. part is when you read interviews, he was just excited about not having to do the business part of it anymore and just being able to create. And he had so many different ideas. And uh, just what we lose out on is... And, that's what kind of sparked the whole thing was he wanted to, to have the financial yeah. backing yeah. to do it, right? Great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, any other words before we jump into this thing? Andy? Yes. Well, Andy's what a big Muppet fan. I'm, I was one of the first things I learned about Andy. Uh, I do. I do love the Muppets. And Is yes. that, did you have a shirt or something? <laughs> what was the film? We, went, we, we were going to go to the drive-in and see it. I remember we, we, I met up with you and some friends of yours. That, that's uh, one summer and, and then we got to the drive and then we changed our minds and left it was a muppet movie yeah and you're like man i really want to see this but like i don't it was like muppet, it wasn't muppet treasure island was it i think it might have been maybe yeah madness but yeah i don't know i don't know but i just thought you know i was like okay this guy likes the muppets a lot i know why he had to leave because <laughs> I mean, there was music like, in it <laughs> you know they're not my most favorite thing in the world but i i'm i mean i'd seen that i saw this movie in the theater okay so, I, I had not. Yeah. You know, incidentally, Muppets Take Manhattan was on yes! TCM the other day, and I watched it with my son. And man, what a movie that one is! It is Just something such That's a the one that we saw most when we were kids because we had it on tape. Yeah, and I kind of yeah. think it's the best one. I agree. Yeah, I've not seen any years. No, no, Muppet Christmas Carol is the best. Okay, okay. well, let's get. Yeah, we should get into it. <laughs> we should find out why. Yeah. Um, let's go into that world of. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Robert, take us in. Open to the old Walt Disney picture, a logo that uh, I've never called. Andy doesn't seem to yep. like. Still don't like it's that I don't like synth, the man. I don't like that part. It's uh, just criminal. Yeah. It's cheap. Criminal opinion. <laughs> Spend some money. <laughs> We're followed by a laser etched Kermit that becomes another laser that sings and writes Jim Henson production and ends with a giant gong, which. I really, the gong really spoke to I me. I thought this was a really weird, like, little logo thing. It was like an old ad for, like, a laser disc player from, like, the early, from the mid 90s <laughs> or something. Laser. And we're followed by a dedication to the late Jim Henson and puppeteer Richard Hunt, who passed away earlier that year in 1992. Richard Hunt doesn't get the recognition that he, as Jim no, does. No, no, he certainly doesn't. No, he doesn't. Uh, the camera pulls back as the opening credits roll. Back when model shops were still finding plenty of work, mm. there's something refreshing about all that yeah. practical effect work going on here. Yeah, as the quite, camera, uh, yeah. camera flies over a beautiful model of London circa or 1840, almost 1940, but that would have been <laughs> a much different <laughs> London. Yeah, it's impressive. It's a, how big was that model? It had to have been it was huge. Yeah, I thought of like it must have yeah. had a thousand puppets in yeah. that thing. 
Puppets? What's a puppet? <laughs> a <laughs> Sorry. Those uh, Horizon end videos where they used the huge model shots at Epcot. I mean, that's like on the scale of that. Just huge. I can't well, imagine I, working on that. I mean, I want to get off the rails, but yeah, I was watching a video about Horizons, and they were talking about that was the biggest model ever built. Yeah. For like <laughs> a, a, like a, a video yeah. or a movie. Yeah. <laughs> this model Those made me huge. think of it was like something that would be at Disney MGM Studios after the tour, like in a warehouse. You mm-hmm. would like to look at it. And it's felt like that. Yeah, definitely. Just think of the number of people that were crawling around under the camera. Yeah. Yeah. View. With with the Muppets in their hands. I said, that's the one of the crazy thing about these movies. And I was watching this and the Muppets Take Manhattan the other day is uh, half of the movie are like, how did they even do this shot? Um, so many amazing shots that are defy explanation of how they come into being. I have a few shots I'll, I'll, I'll point out later, but I'll get to that in a minute. Does anybody, you were talking about the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Why is Kermit and Miss Piggy top billing ah, instead of Michael Caine? Finally, the hard questions here. And Gonzo starred in it. But it's true. Miss Piggy and Kermit get I, top billing. They Michael had better Kane agents is the answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> we come by a rooftop and reveal motion in the street as we immediately are told that London in the 1800s <laughs> has some interesting characters roaming the streets. Uh, pigs are in the street discussing lunch. A cart driven by a pig uh, rolls by talking uh, mel- or taking, uh, talking with talking melons. There we go. Talking melons on the back. Uh, humans are walking about unmoved by the strange anthropomorphic characters around them. Um, it's good to see uh, Lou Zealand throwing yeah, his fish. I was excited by that. Beef cameo. <laughs> <clears throat> that was a big, like, like we really like leaned into the, yes. to Lou back in the day for some reason. Yeah, yeah you know, I know, I, I, again, this is a, another Muppets Take Manhattan moment, but uh, that scene where he's throwing the fish is such a prominent one in that movie. And my son was watching it the other day and I saw him just light up like he was getting electrocuted. And it's like, yeah, I guess that's, <laughs> I was sitting there being like, man, we really were focused in on him, but now I see the, the appeal, you know, all There's over something again. about it. I, I went to summer yeah. camp that year and that's all we did. Like yeah. we did that impersonation the entire I know, time. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Lou Zealand. <clears throat> uh, finally, we're introduced to Gonzo and Rizzo, the rat. Uh, selling apples, Gonzo turns to the camera and addresses the audience, welcoming them to the Muppet Christmas Carol, fourth wall, Andy. Yeah, I'm usually not a fan, but I didn't mind it in this case. Okay. Muppets get them by. But wait, this isn't Gonzo, or at least uh, it is, but it's uh, he's playing the role of Charles Dickens, the author. And Rizzo introduces himself as Rizzo and calls Gonzo out for not being Dickens. So we're kind of having some play here that they're tiptoeing around the fact that Gonzo's playing a different character. This is like the uh, yeah we had to explain it all to people as for Mickey's Christmas Carol, but they they explain it for the audience in this one. We get some back and forth with uh, some Gonzo humor, and he uh, uh, launches into the story, serving as the narrator and Rizzo acting as sort of a Greek chorus of sorts, giving uh, comedic um, responses, responses, and just sort of goofing <clears throat> off. Um, it's deep. The Marley's plural are uh, were dead. Is how it begins. Dead as a doornail. Former businessman who worked with a shrewd lender by the name of Ebenezer Scrooge. 
Uh, just then a dark figure emerges and the opening number begins describing how mean Scrooge is. There goes Mr. Skinflint. There goes Mr. Greed as the Muppets sing. I mean, well, they, um, the music I think is so clever in this movie and the lyrics are so funny. Like um, he loves his uh, money because he thinks it gives him power. If he were a flavor, you can bet it would be sour. I mean, it's just the cutest. <laughs> Real knee slapper. Got yes. the, uh, <laughs> the great Paul Williams, it. as always, with the Muppet music, does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recommend anybody watching it. Uh, there's a documentary of him on yeah. Amazon, is it? Yeah. It's a little sad because he's had some substance abuse problems. Mm-hmm. Oh. But incredible that he kept up this level of work through those issues. Um, I mean, yeah, I noticed there was a lot of wordplay in these songs that, uh, or what yeah. at least was, yeah, that there's a lot of wordplay throughout. So two things. First, how good is Michael Caine? Just, oh, he's so he good. Just appearing out of like Batman or something out of the yeah. fog. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just amazing. I'm, yeah. Immediately. I was just like, ah, oh, this guy like perfectly embodies Scrooge. I think. We should talk about, too, how he approached this. I mean, I don't know if you all have read about this, but famously, he did not want to do this movie originally, but he said the only condition he would do it is if he could play it like he was playing it for, you know, like the Royal Shakespeare Company and not do anything wacky. No winking at the camera kind of thing. And he nailed it. That's the perfect way to do it, too. that's the, it's a the great best way to do it. like yeah. Muppet guest stars were always the ones who played it straight and like just acted like they yeah. were in a normal situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause you're yes. not going to get to the same level as the Muppets. Right. So face right. There's right. no way. Just, yeah. So my second point, Muppet horses, there's something about the Muppet horses that just yes. cracked me up. I think it, it, I don't know. Maybe it's the connection with uh, Sesame street and forgetful Jones. <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Every time I see a Muppet horse, I'm just like, it just, that's it's one of the, the way, it's the way me. they move. <laughs> I noticed that too. They're out in the street. There's it's yeah. this kind of like rolling movement that they do. Yeah. Scrooge arrives at his office, snickering humbug as the singing ends. As he enters, uh, we're introduced to Kermit playing Bob Cratchit. Of course, a, uh, a client, Mr. Applegate is waiting to beg Scrooge for more time on his mortgage only to be tossed out the front door with a thud. The rest of Scrooge's staff consists of rats who quickly go back to scribbling in their uh, ledgers. He informs Bob to send out the eviction notices, which consist of a large pile of papers that he hands to Bob. Bob asks to show some mercy for Christmas, to which Ebenezer says, why not gift wrap him then? (laughs) Scoffing that the holiday season is a big business for them while people waste their money on frivolous things see dickens was trying to make a point there what's that that it's christmas is special and it's not a waste it it's a way of celebrating Kermit asks for some more coal for the fire scrooge barks back at bob and and the rats who quickly change into beach attire (laughs) and leave singing uh, of their island uh, in the sun this is my island in the sun. <laughs> Fred, his only living relative, arrives with his cheerful Christmas spirit, only to be met with Scrooge's hateful ways. Uh, you keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine, is what 
Scrooge sneers. I had to think I, at first. I thought that was like a young Paul Bettany. And then I had to I like, oh, see that. I can totally see then, that. Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. Fred argues with him to, uh, to the cheers of the rats who again are yelled at to their, uh, for their insolence. Uh, just then Beaker and Bunsen honeydew arrive for the, uh, order of Victoria charity organization. <laughs> That's amazing. The thing <laughs> of them of raising money for charity. <laughs> Fred says his uncle is very charitable. Uh, Bunsen gives his pitch to which Ebenezer says he'll give nothing. Fred donates to the disgust of his uncle. And as he leaves, invites Ebenezer to Christmas dinner um, to join him and his wife. Scrooge mocks him for being married. <laughs> and Fred always, the optimist, wishes him a Merry Christmas and leaves. With a, He leaves him a wreath. That's right. Uh, Bunsen, not reading the room, uh, clears his throat. <laughs> Scrooge lectures them that his taxes pay for prisons and the homeless can go there for all he cares. And then he shows him the door. Now there's a, you know, yeah. He's making a point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's the point he's making there at least? Well, uh, he was very much against the workhouses and the treadmills and all the, the, the way the poor were treated back then. Mm. And I think he was trying to, in all of his books, he's trying to show people. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I thought, you know, I remember when we did this for Mickey's Christmas Carol, you know, Scrooge was saying these exact same things. And I thought, I didn't remember that being part of the, the original story. So I thought, I just thought Scrooge was just being a Scrooge, you know? Yeah. So then, you know, for, for Michael Caine's Scrooge to be doing this, I was like, oh, Scrooge thing. Okay. There's one more important line. Oh. Uh, he says, uh, if people can't take care of themselves, they need to go to the workhouses. And, they, the two men collecting money say that some people would rather die. And Scrooge says, well, if they want to die, then let them do it and decrease the surplus population. Yes. That comes up later. Mm-hmm. Hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scrooge you, hits a lot harder these days, I feel like. <laughs> it's yeah. like when you're a kid, when I was a kid, it's just, yeah, he's the mean old guy. And now I'm like, yeah, man. I get it. <laughs> it's that young communist heart. I know. Loves it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> when we run into when we run into someone like that, um, Robert's father always says, "Wow, that person needs to be visited by three spirits." <laughs> As Bunsen and Beaker leave, uh, Scrooge slams the door, and he hears singing, only to whip it open to uh, to the sight of Bean Bunny. Carol, which cracked me He's up. So cute, just Bean sitting there. As Bean walks away, dejected, Scrooge opens the door and throws Fred's wreath he left behind at him. That night at closing time. Wait a second. Yeah. There was a line that got said earlier by one of the mice that or rats or whatever that I was not. It caught me off guard. When he said our assets are frozen. Uh, oh, I yes. didn't catch that. And I was like. I didn't catch that yes. either. Yeah. Yes. I was like, hmm, that's a little right on the edge for yeah, you. A little on the nose there. Yes. <laughs> it's when they ask for more cold. Yeah. yeah. To put on the fire, and he yes. said, our assets are frozen. Mm. What does he mean by that? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Lisa? He's talking about the uh, his accounting books. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. Because they're in an yeah, okay. accounting house. Yeah, okay, right. okay like that it. makes sense. I'm with you. Uh, that night at closing time, Bob asks uh, for time off for Christmas Day. Bob makes the argument that being here would only waste money since everyone else will be closed. Who would be doing? Who do we? Who would we be doing business with? Ebenezer uh, begrudgingly agrees uh, to the excitement of his employees. So strong argument there from old. Uh, like, that's a good point. 
That's not a yeah. that's not a tug at yeah. the heartstrings point. That's a good business point. Yeah, that's what you got to do with uh, with Ebenezer, you know. As Scrooge leaves, Fred and the rats close up shop uh, to a song about the excitement of Christmas Eve. We get a lot of rat gags, reminiscent of the rats at the diner in yeah, Muppets yeah, Take yeah, Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they really went hard for the rats. Like I was in this thinking era that too. Muppets. They really, like, really went into it. It's like yeah. the new thing. It's like they went into that prawn later, the shrimp yeah, guy. That's true. Yeah, yeah, what, what different is, eras. This, has anybody ever figured out what Gonzo is? I think that's a joke, you know. That's the, yeah, like, that's the gag. Muppets in space, they try and say he's an alien, and I don't like it. He's just got to be Gonzo. On the streets, the penguins are out having a skating party. Kermit joins in, and we get the uh, odd full-bodied Kermit shot of him skating by. Yeah, it freaks me it's out. a little unsettling. Yeah. yeah, kind of uncanny there. Yeah. On one skate, no less. Yeah. At the conclusion of the song, on a dark street, Scrooge comes down. Gonzo introduces the scene and reminds us that the Marleys were dead. As Scrooge unlocks his door, his door knocker transforms into the face of the famed Muppet heckler, Statler. Get a fancy little CGI business here. Yeah. Yeah. Scrooge shouts, Jacob Marley, and stumbles back. As he approaches, he sees the knocker was as it should be. With the moment passing, he scoffs and enters. In the darkness of his house, Scrooge searches for oddities to support his strange door knocker incident. As the tension builds, he is startled by his bathroom or bathrobe, pardon me, in the shadows. He sits by the fire to eat his dinner as the doorbell rings. Okay. So now I must say here that, uh, Brian Henson, the director, uh, does a really nice job with the tension because, my, if my kids had been in the room, they would have been asking to go to the bathroom or making excuses to leave because <laughs> <laughs> they always they get rattled by that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, the other I, thing is just this uh, is inherently in its DNA. All of this uh, Jacob Marley stuff is is hard. It's horrifying yeah. for kids. I mean, the door yeah. knocker, all this stuff, in every version, it's kind of super scary. So he's using a lot of long tracking shots too to help build well, up the tension. It's really dark. It fills with smoke. I, I yeah. thought the same thing as Jeff was saying. Like I just remember as a kid, this well, this whole story freaked me out basically as a kid. But just mm-hmm. starting with the Marley thing with the door knocker and then Marley appearing was, and no matter what the version was, always super yeah scary for me. All right, so two things again. Okay. First of all, let's <clears throat> acknowledge that we just had our second guest on the show as your father just walked through the room, got some chips, and left. <laughs> 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 Executive producer, that's what that's called. Executive <laughs> producer <laughs> entered the room. <laughs> and then, and then I, I want to, I want you two to talk about at least in Robert. I want you two to talk about uh, the scariness of all this. And like you said, you were freaked out as a kid. Well, the I mean, the George C. Scott one was ex- especially. Scary. Yeah. So, at least, what were you thinking showing him a terrifying movie like that? I was five years old. (laughs) I I just loved the movie so much. I just. You didn't care. I I held him. (laughs) I think I had a pretty good grasp on what reality was back then. It didn't, like, I mean, I saw Ghostbusters when I was like five or six and it didn't. Yeah, right on. I mean, it bothered me, but I did. I was like, okay, this is not real. This this is a movie. And I liked the uh, door knocker in. The Jim Carrey version, too. Mm. That's really scary. Mm. Forgot about that one. That's another one. See, you, you're like I'm you're one of those people that likes that like Christmas ghost stories. Yeah, hmm. I I know them all. Oh, 
I've even watched the uh, not what is that silent movie was. <laughs> That's right. I remember that one. Yeah, making the rounds one year. Mm. But I think going back to the George C. Scott one, he had this. His you know, I, it's this one's burned in my memory. He had his jaw wrapped shut. The, yeah, and he, he pulls the the wrapping off his head, and the you jaw that, falls open. Do you know that was the way they buried people? They had to put something under their jaw and tie it because otherwise their jaw would hang open in the casket, and that would be yucky looking to people. I did not know that. Wow. Aside from just being dead. And Man, yeah. <laughs> if you're going around looking in <laughs> caskets, you uh, deserve what you get. <laughs> you're getting yeah. what you ask for. And they've got <laughs> coins on their eyes to keep their eyelids shut. Hmm. Oh. the fairy man. Hmm. Suddenly, two chained Muppets emerge. Not so scary from a stairwell cackling. <laughs> it's uh, Statler and Waldorf, a.k.a. the Marley Brothers, plural. Um, Scrooge doubts what he's seeing, blaming it on a di- undigested piece of food, calling them uh, more gravy than grave, which I thought was a pretty good. Well, that's it. from the original. Yes, uh, it is. Yeah, Dickens. There's a lot of great lines that they just take from that, which are great. Also, like you know, one in the original story, it's one person. Yeah, so you got two, and they call him Robert Marley. I wonder if that had anything to do with Bob Marley. I was just curious. Oh, he was a, his parents were a big fan. Can I, I just? Was, they were going back and forth on who to use for the Marley uh, character, and they not goofy this time. Yeah, not goofy this time. But I remember it was. Um, I can't remember which Muppets they were they were considering. I mean, it wasn't like Big Bird or anything like that, but that would be pretty Bird. good. <laughs> Bird would be a good, uh, yeah, anyway. Oscar um, would have been. If they I was going to say that they yeah. really, the first generation, and I, this might be Brian Henson doing the voices of the Jim Henson Muppets, but whoever did the first generation um, replacements for the Jim Henson voices, kind of rough, I thought. Like Kermit and one of the, one of these guys, whoever yeah. Jim Henson did the voice of, I don't remember if Stetler or Walter, just sounds very much not like them. It took a while to for him to like get into it. Eventually, Compared to I like, can't remember which of the guys did it, um, but uh, they got into it. But not as uh, the ones now are the the Jim Henson replacement voice now is I think the worst one of all. Yeah. Oh yes. really? I haven't paid much attention lately. So as the. Uh, the hecklers, as we'll call them, as they um, give their trademark cackles to the delight of Scrooge's doubtfulness. He says, uh, let's leave the comedy to the bears. And <laughs> Waldor- uh, Walter Waldorf says that. And then they break into song telling about their misdeeds, including invicting orphans. So that's some dark. With their little frosted teddy bears standing in the snow. <laughs> dark stuff. Hey, after the song... Rizzo kisses Gonzo on the nose. No. Did you guys see that? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's like one of these moments. It almost seems improvised where it's like the scene was over and then they just they let it roll for just another you know five seconds and Rizzo just leans in and kisses him. But didn't Rizzo or didn't Gonzo make sort of a joke about or like he said something like, you know, calls him a name or something and he just turns and gives him a kiss. <laughs> or, yeah, like that. But we got to talk a little bit about the song. I thought about Andy because it felt like very much like a musical song to me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the Marley song. What, yeah. what were your impressions? I mean, it was fine. I don't know what it is about the Muppets, but I, I tend to give it a pass. What was the other? The mm-hmm. Was it the Muppets went to Disney yeah. World that we did? Yeah. 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 That one. I don't know. The, certain Muppet songs I'm, I'm completely fine with, even though it's basically a musical. But then there's certain ones I'm like, okay, I don't care. I don't know. It's um, There's some I give a pass for and some I don't. 
All right. So your chains are forged by your deeds. The brothers warn that three ghosts will arrive. The first will arrive at one. Uh, They sing as they fade back down the steps. As the song wraps up, they shout, change! And that concludes Act One. Total blackout. Meanwhile, Scrooge goes to his bed and closes the curtains with a humbug. And Rizzo and Gonzo have a big time getting up to Scrooge's room, climbing over fences and tying a rope to the tree and climbing it. What did you all think about this? I I started to get a little annoyed. Like once we really got into the story of, I thought they just kept going back to this and there was like too much going on, but maybe that's, I mean, just how the Muppets Christmas Carol is going to be. I don't know. I wanted to throw it to everybody and see what they thought. It's interesting you brought that up because I was going to say that I thought it was I want to ask how you felt about sort of Gonzo being the straight man and Rizzo being, being sort of the comedian, the comedian, because that's sort of, I mean, it's opposite of what Gonzo is usually playing. Right. He's not, you know, being collected and he's the one being goofy. taking things very literal. Well, I think and like Gonzo lives in his own world kind of, and is never trying to be goofy. Like Fozzie's trying to be funny, but Gonzo's just weird and he thinks it's normal. So I can buy him as the straight man because he, it's like, he doesn't know any better. And like Rizzo's trying to crack wise a lot, but I agree with Jeff. Mm -hmm. Like the more you get into the story, the more the bits of business are like a distraction. I feel like, yeah, I I liked it. I, yeah, it it was against type, I guess for Gonzo, but I liked that. It reminded you that this is a Muppet movie. And, right. And you were, and don't, you know, as scary as some of this stuff can be for kids who are watching this, it kind of makes it lighthearted, I think. I love the way Rizzo was always asking, when do yeah. we eat next? And how he yeah. always had like, food, always <laughs> have an apple or something. Oh, no. Had his jelly beans. And- <laughs> it's like the Brad Pitt of the movie. I think there are certain elements that. <laughs> Brad <laughs> the Brad Pitt of the movie. <laughs> I thought there were certain elements uh, that were a little distracting to, to Jeff's point. But overall, I mean, I didn't think it bothered me too much. But I do think, to Andy's point, it's a good good reminder that, again, this this story can be very scary to kids. So it's nice to kind of bring in a breath if that's your uh, audience, true, you know. True. So, Right. I mean, what if – I mean, who would have been the equivalent in the uh, – what was the scary version you watched? <laughs> they, um, they should have had something like that in that The George one, right? C. Scott. Yeah, the George C. Scott one. Could have had like uh, what you said was 1984 Paul Lind or something Paul like Eddie yeah, Murphy. Paul Lind show. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Murphy is coming! Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well the clock strikes one. Cool little yeah. clock, um, and a white light shines from the other side of Scrooge's bed. You know, before poster bed, and we see a, a creepy thing. It's a puppet of a child oh, with yeah. red hair. It's terrifying. What? This thing, yeah. yeah. Well, that, this is like some floating. of the stuff that Henson was on to right before he died. Just it's a little. It's very Jim Henson or something. I don't know. Of Muppet Show. 
Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it was not Muppet like at all. It was I love no. it's so Perez, creepy. Yeah. And I love, it's so great. Yeah. It is cool. <laughs> it's creepy. I wonder if they filmed it with the puppet going up and down in water. Because well, exactly. I was going to say there's two things. I'm not just still Andy's uh, intro here, but it, they filmed it and had it suspended in water. And then they were used, and then or they used baby Ugh. oil at first, but they were having trouble with it. And then they, they switched to the water. And um, they were able to get the same effect and um, with less mess, evidently. But then the voice. Yeah. It was just that child voice. And it was just creepy, just creepy, creepy. Pretty and creepy. My second point was there's a, I like the camera move here in the, in the bed where they just sort of do a, he starts at a, a profile shot. And the camera swings around, and, but that's probably something the A team already did. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, you know, it's like the didn't do a Christmas uh, <laughs> carol like episode for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that'd have been amazing. BA is the oh, ghost of Christmas. Man. Present. He'd be the, uh, yeah, he'd have to be the ghost of Christmas future, right? Um, Get that but, uh, <laughs> He's on the jazz. <laughs> I will just say, you know, even at this point, the production value on this is very very high yes um, on this movie just very nice production also uh, I, I kind of felt like the ghost uh, had a sort of a um a librarian yes! from Christmas feel i thought that too. oh man talk about things that scared <laughs> me yeah, talk about terrifying yeah. things get her <laughs> yeah get her right <laughs> so this is the ghost of christmas past uh, yeah, she takes Scrooge along out the window a touch of my hand and you shall fly and so he does and Gonzo and Rizzo are attached. You say Rizzo. I like that. Rizzo. Rizzo? It's Rizzo. Isn't it Rizzo? Rizzo. I kind of like how you say Rizzo, though. <laughs> <coughs> Rizzo. Mom Rizzo. Just gave Andy the finger. Oh, my God. <laughs> First, yeah. I, where did he get the anchor that he throws at? It's a very cat burglar sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they so, go flying in the air. I thought that was a little distracting. That, like that ninja style. That they got I me mean, through it. Yeah, but that was my only quarrel with the Rizzo's. Uh, Rizzo. Rizzo. Gonzo segment. Gonzo. They head towards the light on the horizon, not the dawn, but the past. Mm. And so they pass through into a forest where Rizzo... Rizzo and Gonzo bounce between the trees en route to a village. Question. Do you think Michael Caine wore a wig? Michael Caine. Michael Caine wore a wig in this, or do you think that's his real hair? I didn't give it a much thought. Wear a wig. (laughs) This is my natural hair. It's got to be a wig, right? It's got to be a wig. Probably. Probably. Um, I love when they landed. Are you going to talk about that? No, please go ahead. When like they landed, and Rizzo says, "Oh, safe at last!" and there's yeah. a cat. I love this cat. Oh, right. yeah. This cat is hilarious. I do too. Oh the man, cat. the cat is amazing. And most amazing of this cat is the noises it's making. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how he sounds. <laughs> Jeff's our resident uh, Foley expert. Robert, as an <clears throat> animal actor judge, what did you think of the cat? That was A+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, he was giving it his all, man. Oh, they get cats. Mm-hmm. Um, quit playing with the cat. That's what Gonzo said. <laughs> yes. Get in here and quit playing with the cat. You really have seen this movie a lot, haven't you? Uh, wow. 
I could practically quote She's it. She's pulling this, guys. She's just pulling it off. She has no notes there. She's just <laughs> no notes. Chick the goat's on the wall. Um, the goat. <laughs> well, we head to a classroom with a bunch of busts of great minds of history, and it pans over to <laughs> Gonzo and Rizzo. It's a very funny little scene. Scrooge sees his childhood self working in school. This gets very serious very quickly. He says he often stayed alone, more time to study and learn. But it really seems that Scrooge was a lonely child. What do you think Dickens was trying to say then? Please. Uh, I think he was speaking to the parents. Ooh. About neglecting your your children and and, uh, sending them off to boarding school and Mm. never seeing them. They did that. Yeah, I I ran into kids like that at camp when I was growing up in New Hampshire. Kids from New York, they went to boarding school all year and camp all summer. I remember that Mm. summer I went to camp all year. What? (laughs) You were sent to camp all year? No, you weren't. All year one summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did send him off a lot. I sent him off with Jeff to go to basketball camp. I wonder why. (laughs) Most of my camps were with Jeff that year, as I recall. You went to Tacoa. Yep, Jeff again. Went to the beach. Uh, Jeff again. <laughs> Both of the parents were yeah, trying to get rid of the like, They seem to do well on their own. Let's you should have watched this see movie. What happens. Yes. Okay. That's like what I go think. Wrong. Okay. That's good. Uh, and and maybe that's why Scrooge was so bitter and mean because he never felt love. Origins. Well, clearly, Ooh. yeah. There's there is a correlation between that because yeah, it, you can see the child has some some inclinations to connect with other kids and it's not happening. So he's something within him. The only person he really loved and loved him was his sister and mm. he lost her. So I guess he had a reason to be bitter. Was that in the movie? Life. Did I miss that? It's in the movie. Huh? I don't remember his sister like dying. Well, she's, I mean, it, that's Fred's mom. Is, is oh. and she died in childbirth. <gasps> I missed that. Mm. Okay. Appendices. Back to the school. Back, back, there's back. A, there's a really good line in the school when the headmaster comes in. Are you going to talk about that? Well, yeah, I, I will. Uh, we'll get okay, to that. I'm going to let you tell the, the line because I don't have a line. So Scrooge says all his Christmases were the same. Nothing ever changed. To which the ghost of Christmas past says, you changed. And we see Scrooge growing up, or as Gonzo says, the years perform their terrible well, dance. That was a line. Which yeah. <laughs> I said, if that's not from Dickens, then what an amazing that's, line to throw in there. That is uh, that's That would be great if they had written that specifically <laughs> for that Gonzo. <laughs> the years are I said, I need to uh, yeah, start using that, like you said, Robert. <laughs> Uh, that was before the years de- performed their terrible dance, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, we cut to graduation day, and Scrooge's headmaster is played by none other than the great Sam the Eagle. I, I love Sam Eagle. He might Just be one of my favorites. Perfect. Sam Eagle, yes. Thank you. Um, he's giving a speech to Scrooge just the kind you would expect and says that Scrooge has been apprenticed to a fine company in London. Today, you become a man of business. You will love 
business. <laughs> <laughs> it's the American way. Yeah, that, that was what That's got me. That's the line that <laughs> yeah. I love. Gone says, stop, someone has to change it to. It is the British way, which I, I wish that they would have had him kind of refuse yeah, to say like, the really British not, way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or really snicker more about yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> but I did think it was funny. You will love business. <laughs> it's really good stuff. Yeah, he emphasizes it. I mean, that is, uh, that was, I thought, the maybe the most uh, successful blending of Muppet kind of humor with the weight of the story because, right, it was a very deep moment right before that. And then they brought it out and made it light, but it felt very Mm -hmm. natural. It wasn't. uh, So I I thought that was A plus for doing What I will say was unnatural was the poor actor trying to act alongside Sam. Mm. Like he he looked very uncomfortable. (laughs) The boy, yeah, oh. like, he, like he just didn't like, like he, like he didn't know what to do. Like he's like, I got this blue patriotic eagle next to me. <laughs> do you think yeah. he was British? Uh, probably. probably. He had an English That's accent. Probably the problem. And then he sat there, sort of like side eyeing him the whole time. Are you mocking my country, or? Is it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scrooge is off with the ghost of Christmas past to the streets of London, looking at fozzy uh. wigs. Old Rubber Chicken Factory. Oh, <laughs> what a great little adaptation here. Oh, this is so good. We see Fozzie Wig, Fozzie Bear with a wig, of course, and they're having a Christmas party. He's trying mm-hmm. to get everyone's attention, but it takes animal yelling, quiet, to get everyone to listen. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> also, but the, when Gonzo walks in and a chicken walks by, he's yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there was one line when they were flying and and they were hanging from Scrooge as he was flying and they go through a barn and come out with a chicken and he's like, this is, I don't know, like Patricia or something like that. And it's like, this is Debbie. (laughs) And they, you're forgetting about how uh, Rizzo, Rizzo, excuse me. I also say Chiz-Its instead of (laughs) Cheez-Its. And famously Yahoo is it of Yoohoo. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Rizzo gets knocked in the bucket of water or barrel of water mm. and freezes solid. And Gonzo picks him up and carries him over his shoulder on a stick <laughs> into the party. I loved That's this right. effect, like this open. prop, like Rizzo icicle, like contained in yeah. ice and he shatters him open. It's a great effect. That'd be a good one for the MGM studios too. There's some solid effects going on for 92 here. Yeah. And and for for the budget, I'm sure they had, I mean, they were really, I mean, there was nothing that was, I mean, there's several, like, I I think there's one where they swirl into the, into the scene we'll get to later. But I mean, all of it, I was just like, man, this is really state of the art, state of the art. I mean, there's a few like green screen shots that kind of cringe, but, by and large, I mean, not many. As yeah. creepy as the ghost was, I mean, she's that's still a pretty crazy effect. Yeah. At the party, we have the Marleys up in the balcony. The young Marleys heckling Fozzywig. Uh, Rizzo goes to get some food, and the Swedish chef is there with some singing grapes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have young Master Scrooge coming up to Fozzywig, complaining about how much money is being spent on the party. Fozzywig says, enjoy yourself. So again, the frivolity of Christmas being good, right? That's what Dickens is saying. Yes. Then the electric mayhem starts playing a Dixieland number, which <laughs> really is so good. 
That was such a pleasant surprise. I was stunned, but in the best way. Um, and at that time, Scrooge runs into Bill, and they are introduced by Fozziewig. Scrooge of the present day is clearly moved at seeing Bill, and the ghost of Christmas past reminds him that he and Bill shared another Christmas, to, to which he says, please do not show me that Christmas. I thought the young... Uh, Scrooge was good. He, well, he, I, I, I was like struck by how much he looked like Michael Caine. Terrible. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. yes. But I was like, yeah. these guys that they got to play young Scrooge really look like they could grow up to be Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> we fade to white and see a snowy forest, and Scrooge and Belle are there. She says, another year before our wedding. Scrooge says, it can't be helped. The investments haven't grown as they should. We're barely clearing expenses. He says, this is for you. I love you, Bill. She says, you did once. Rizzo starts crying, and the present-day Scrooge says, spirit, show me no more. Leave me. And so the spirit does, and Scrooge finds himself back in his bed at dark. You know, they cut out a scene in that particular section where Belle is sings this beautiful song, but they cut it out of the movie. I was just about to, huh. I was just about to say the same thing. They've, uh, there's a song that was famously cut by Jeff Katzenberg because he thought it would bore the kids. Oh, of course. Mm, Jeff of course. Katzenberg, who wanted yeah. to cut part of your world from little mermaid for the same reason. And they had to go to the mat to exactly, keep it. Yeah. Right. I mean, so why did they cut it though? What was the reason? Oh, because thought kids would be bored he's heart, by he's it. He's heartless. <laughs> Our love uh, is yeah. gone. But they they found gone. for a long time they thought it was lost, like the negative had been lost. But they found it and restored it, and the, actually the uncut version is on Disney Plus now as a like an extra. You can watch oh. the uncut <clears throat> version too. So it's oh, on there. Oh, great! Hmm. And I recommend watching that version because it is a great song. I'll I'll watch it with my chisits <laughs> and some and chocolate yeah and chocolate and her rice crackers. Well, when the clock strikes two, although at first he thinks nothing's happened, the next room lights up with a bountiful feast and a giant who introduces himself as the ghost of Christmas present. He is full of giggles, and Scrooge seems to take to him. And the giant shrinks down it's to fit cool in the space. So I, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it is very yes, cool. Yes, I like I mean, the line, the, the "Come in and know me better, man." He keeps saying it. It reminded me of uh, remember um, uh, John Lovitz on Saturday Night Live. Get to know me. <laughs> That's what it reminded me. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, he I says, think it's jealous. And Scrooge <laughs> says. You're a little absent-minded ghost. And he says, no, I'm a big absent-minded ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Kane does a great job of kind of showing him in the middle, uh, himself in the middle of this journey, I think, in this scene, where he's definitely changing, but not all the way there yet. Um, the, The ghost of Christmas present says, haven't you noticed that everything seems wonderful at Christmas? And Scrooge says, no, perhaps I've never understood anything about Christmas. And the spirit says, when his day is, this day is done, you will understand. And the spirit and Scrooge are off to Christmas morning in the streets of London and here, and he goes into song and all the places you find love. It feels like Christmas. Uh, And Scrooge seems moved by the dancing and activity and begins dancing. (laughs) 
Oh, that's that's <clears throat> uh, something I remember. In one of the outtakes, the uh, Christmas present is dancing and waving his arms around in his socks, Michael Caine <laughs> in the eye. <laughs> and they... And he turns around and he's going, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You got to be careful. Huh. So that that was cut out of the movie. You know, I, I've always, I've struggled seeing Michael Caine in the same way ever since I saw him in, as Austin Powers' father. And That's how I remember him now, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. Where he's like that smooth ladies man. and, and Speaking the, English, English. Really. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of uh, tainted me on, I mean, he's still great, but every time I see him, I cannot get. Uh, Austin Powers' father out of my, my, my brain. Scrooge says, I had no idea. I wish to see fr- friends and kin. Show me family. He sees his nephew, Fred, who's having a Christmas party. And they're playing a guessing game, yes or no. And they are guessing something that ends up being close to a cockroach. But no, it's Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> I love Fred and his wife are like hanging out with like a bunch of like monsters and old ladies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They all start laughing. Scrooge is upset. He says, no more. But they're off to Bob Cratchit's house. Inside his wife, as played by Miss Piggy, is fussing at a, do- a frog child to turn the meat a certain way. Rizzo drops down the chimney, and it's a weird stop motion yeah. effect. <laughs> it's, it's kind of bizarre. We have two baby <sighs> piggies arguing about eating chestnuts, and there's a gag about them getting their names confused, which is very. I love the little piggies. Yes. The p- piggy <clears throat> twins are so hilarious. Possible. I know. How is it possible for Kermit and Miss Piggy to have two pig children and two <laughs> yeah, frog children? It's really funny. <laughs> She must have been shocked when the first frog was born. <laughs> yeah, it's like the old like um, squares that you would do with like uh, the Mendelian inheritance with the peas, like the green peas and the yellow peas. And if you do the little chart, then you get uh, well, you get one green pea and you get one yellow pea. So that's how you get uh, a couple of frogs and a couple of pigs. Yes, science. Yeah, Thank well, I mean, it's that. it's clearly science, you know. <laughs> oh well robin as tiny tim and kermit as bob cratchit come walking down the street from church singing and dancing they're really flexing on the walking puppets at this point Mm. according to tiny tim it was good people saw him at church because people would know that the lame can walk and the blind can see well scrooge is moved by hearing this and just about this time bob cratchit calls his name scrooge's that is He's giving a toast. He's giving a toast calling Scrooge the founder of the feast, to which his wife takes great issue, saying if he was there, she would give him a piece of her mind. Well, Scrooge is disturbed, but Tiny Tim soothes the crowd with a God bless us, everyone, and jumps into another song. My only hope in life is that someone one day toasts me as founder of the feast. Careful what you wish That's for. That's a great it's title. Like yeah, I'd take <laughs> it even true, in. Yeah. It is great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have. I Doesn't was matter as long as I'm a founder. I was listening to a audio tape one time by a professor of English literature, and he said there is no way a little child is going to say, "I hope people see me in church and are reminded who made <laughs> blind people see and lame people walk." Yeah, no child would be that profound, or you know. Yeah, it is a bit of a. Uh... 
Yeah. Reach. <laughs> yeah. It's a reach. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I was too busy throwing up in the back row on Christmas Eve. That's right, he was. He was allergic to the Christmas tree. <laughs> we talked about that in our last episode. Christmas yeah. episode, I don't recall. <laughs> yeah, this kid says he's allergic to Christmas trees. Yeah, right. <laughs> that Christmas tree was a serious tree. one, man, in the back there in the yeah. narthex. There's like mid century ornaments. Good stuff. Yep. <laughs> That's what he was and here's doing. Here's what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, as the choir was singing, <laughs> there was Robert barfing. Remember the whole back of the church cleared out. Like, they did. They thought he had a virus. One way to make sure you get a pew to yourself. Pentecostal. Yeah, turn into a Pentecostal congregation real quick. Um, <laughs> At the end of the song, Tiny Tim has a coughing fit, and Scrooge asks the ghost of Christmas present if he will live, and gets a murky answer. Essentially, if these shadows remain unaltered, the child will die. But if he's going to die, then do it and decrease the surplus population. Right Uh back in your face. And it comes back to haunt him. That's right. By this time, the spirit has lost most of his red hair, and his hair is turning white. As the Cratchit family fades into the darkness, the ghost says, my time is short. They land in a churchyard, and the spirit says, by the time the clock strikes 12, he will be no more. Sure enough, the bells start to ring. He begins to disappear, much to the protest of Scrooge, who says he's changed because of the ghost of Christmas present. And he, and he has. Is but this eventually- when Gonzo and Rizzo disappear because they think it's too scary? I love that. Yeah. Not yet. Almost. Not yet. Not yet. Well, Speaking of scary, like going back to the George C. Scott version and just things that have haunted me, there was a scene in that one, and my mom can probably remember it better than I can, but the ghost of Christmas present opens his robe and shows these sickly children called, I think they were called uh, Ignorance and Want. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, uh, yes, in that version. Another Dixon. I mean, Dickens. Dixon. <laughs> another Dickens. Message. Just, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That was terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Who doesn't carry around a couple of it. hobo children under their cloak? <laughs> Where did they find such skinny, de- emaciated children? Emaciated kids, and their eyes were dark and ho- oh, hollow yes. looking. I remember watching that. I think the first time I saw that was like in my third grade class. And I'm like, why are they showing us this? <laughs> that's, that's a lot for a third yeah. grade class. And, and the beware of ignorance more than want. So yeah. Dickens was saying, we got to get these people educated. Yeah, I, I, I keep thinking of movies to show my son when I, I mean, my son is How so old is full he of now? Him, he's I can't seven, and oh he goodness. is so full of himself. You know, he's ready for anything. I'm like, I need to show him something like Ghostbusters or you now at this <laughs> Take him down a like, notch. Knock him down a peg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You think you know. <laughs> you think you're hot oh, stuff. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is he nice to his sister? He is very nice to his sister. Yes. Almost to a fault. I mean, that's, yes. they get along great, don't they? They get along that's great. That's well. great. Mm-hmm. But eventually, the ghost of Christmas present fully disappears with some lighting all around, and a dark fog rolls in. That fog effect was impressive. That was a cool yeah. effect. Yeah. Never I, seen fog like that before. <laughs> speaking of Ghostbusters, yeah. I kept thinking about how many takes they had to do and how they had to clear the room and do it again. And By makes this you time, think, Michael Caine was tired of the whole thing. <laughs> All right, one more take. <laughs> Let's do it again. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> and that's when Gonzo and Rizzo left. 
I mean, Rizzo. <laughs> I'm never going to get it you right. Take you, a need, you need break. something like uh, park the car in Harvard Yard before you say Rizzo. It's like, a, I don't know, some sort of saying so you, so you can get it right. <laughs> Have you ever said uh, my cocaine in an Australian accent? <laughs> my. It's just a pull back. My like cocaine. <laughs> so, <laughs> we were trying to do Australian accents during the World Cup the other day for some reason. <laughs> we were working Start on saying ours. my cocaine, yeah. My, my cocaine. cocaine. My cocaine. That's what the World Cup's really for. Now I'm just picturing Jeff after discussing <laughs> his children. Uh, uh, a good Halloween costume, you could be the ghost of the spirit of Christmas present and have them be ignorance and want. And just have them go. Oh, that's your a club. great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I can see Lulu hitting that out of the park. <laughs> that's a deep that's cut. A like a li- I mean, there's bound to be a literary costume uh, party at UNC yeah. somewhere. Where are yeah. the children? Right here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> both of them would have to fight <laughs> to get Walt because they both want a lot. <laughs> So we find ourselves left alone in a bleak snow-swept churchyard as a wave of fog rolls in. Man, this fog comes in hard. We get thunder sounds and Scrooge finds himself alone. And then terrifying hooded figure. It's the spirit of Christmas yet to come. So let's talk about this guy. Okay. And I just, yeah, I want to say the George C. Scott Christmas future ghost was the scariest thing of my childhood i think um it's a, it's everybody ter- can do the hooked finger <clears throat> terrify me to no end <laughs> yeah. and, and they're all scary i mean like this one's freakish yeah. too even pete the cat one and the, mm-hmm. <laughs> even the pete the cat one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean he didn't look like a dementor like this one does yeah it was definitely they always see yeah they always kind of got a dementor cigar. vibe I wonder why Dickens made the ghost of Christmas future. No, no talking. Why did he not Uh, say a word? That's a good question. Well, in the, in the George C. Scott version, it kind of like screeches. That's right. Like a, one of those banshees from Darby O'Gill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <It's very similar. laughs> yeah. Always scary. The ghost of Christmas future in my, throughout my childhood, no matter the version, always scary. Mm-hmm. And this one is no different. Uh, the spirit, as you say, doesn't speak. It just nods and responses to Scrooge's question. And this is when, as Elise said, uh, you know, Rizzo says, well, this is really scary. And, uh, Gonzo, Charles Dickens, uh, they take off. They say that we, the audience <clears throat> is on their own now and they'll meet us at the finale. So I thought this was a fun touch yeah. and um, a way to underscore the scariness, but also a way to get like get them out of the way so like the drama takes over, I guess, for the last little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was pretty clever. Yeah. I thought that was a good way to do it. And I was I was thankful for it at that point because I was like, okay, let's keep it going. But I I would have liked to see like <clears throat> for the ghost of Christmas future, it'd have been nice to have like a little 
you could see a little bit of Sweetums' <laughs> nose in there or something. You could you tell it yeah, was Sweetums playing it. That, that would, would be funny. Touch. Uncle Deadly would be a good one now because they use him a lot now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scrooge says Scrooge is. It's funny to me because you can tell that Scrooge has had like good ghost experiences so far. So he's expecting this to be like fun times too, for the most part, you know. And uh, he's like, "Hey, it's like I'm prepared to follow and learn," and uh, you know he's ready to have some experiences. Uh, but this ghost is silent. Points into the graveyard. This is when they pass through like the space warp thing, which uh, Robert, you mentioned that before. Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. That's the video toaster yeah. segment there. Uh, anyway, they find themselves back in London where it's raining and the spirit points towards a crowd who, uh, unbeknownst to Scrooge, they're discussing his death with some amusement. Of course, it's a crowd of like pig businessmen under their little umbrellas. And uh, they're speculating about what Scrooge did with his money and talking about how no one will go to his funeral. Then the spirit uh, ushers Scrooge into an alleyway where there's this spider, this sort of Fagan-esque spider is talking to some young creatures who are his little thieves. And uh, they've been stealing from Scrooge's house. They've got all this stuff that they they got his blanket still warm. This spider puppet is creepy. Scrooge watches these people talking about stealing the stuff from this horrible old person's house. And uh, they he thinks they're talking about someone like him. He's It's like he thinks he's being shown this as a cautionary tale, like, well, this could be you. You could be like this horrible person they're all talking about. And asks the spirit to show him a scene of warmth and tenderness. They head to Cratchit's house. Scrooge is excited to see some joy and love. He's He knows this is a fun place, but it's really quiet. And when he looks inside, sees Mrs. Cratchit is crying. And Scrooge realizes this means something has happened to Tiny Tim. And sure enough, it's true. You know, every time I've seen a Christmas story, any uh, variation of it, it never bothered me that Tiny Tim <laughs> died. I don't know. It, okay. <laughs> it, 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 it was just like, okay, okay. It was, I guess it's one of those things when you've seen, heard this story so much as a kid, you're just used to, you're like, okay, this is, this is going to happen. Die. Let's move on. Tiny Tim's going to die. <laughs> but when I watched it this time, I got super sad. I was like, oh, Tiny Tim. I don't know. I don't know. But Did this you want the little different. bunny to die too? No, that's dark. But I don't know. Maybe <laughs> something about this time around. I, Getting I soft. Like, mm, Tiny Tim, man. Getting soft. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm softening up in my older Do you years. know what Tiny Tim, what was wrong with him? No. He had rickets. Malnourishment, right? Malnourished. Mm. And so when Scrooge takes over helping, they get vitamin. Mm. They probably gave him limes. <laughs> that they got anyway, from Muppet Treasure Island. His, oh, that's scurvy. It's scurvy, it's isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. No, it's scurvy. Right. Oh, no, that's I scurvy. think rickets. Too. He yeah. had rickets. I think, I think you're right. Rickets. Oh, it helps too. rickets? You have to have vitamin C. Yeah. Oh, okay. I um, I was trying to, it's I'm glad you podcast. said that because I was trying to remember, <laughs> I'd read some article sometime from some historian, like, like food historian or health historian or something like that. Like, what was wrong with Tiny Tim? Like, trying to figure it out. And I, I could remember what it was, but yeah, that's it. Uh, it's pretty interesting, but rackets. Yeah, poor little Robin slash Tiny Tim, or as I would pronounce it, rackets. Rackets. <laughs> he got the rackets. Yeah, go ahead. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Bob Cratchit comes home and greets like, his family, and he's been to visit the churchyard. Like Elizabeth there. And this is sad. I mean, to, to uh, Andy's point, he's this is sad. Jacket. He talks about how green it was. He's picked a spot for Tiny Tim where he can see the ducks. Um, <laughs> oh, Tiny Tim died. <laughs> Tiny Tim loved watching the ducks. He's got the rockets in here. It's spot where you can watch the ducks. <laughs> Travis, he got the rackets. <laughs> Had to put him down. And probably drank some water that hang too long and <laughs> got the. Merry Christmas, Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth, who? Who are you talking about? Uh, from, uh, <laughs> old Yeller. Who, indeed? Oh, good okay. question. <laughs> The frontier uh, daughter. Yeah, yeah, her I remember character. her. The yeah. bloodthirsty she daughter really of the cute. frontier. <laughs> the blood. <laughs> Don't shoot him, though. Don't shoot him, screw These are the chains I forged in life, Travis. <laughs> oh, man. It never fails. So, uh, yeah, Tiny Tim has... Passed, passed on, and Scrooge is shook. He is shook by this. Ask the spirit if this future is inevitable. And back inside Cratchit, uh, Bob's taking it pretty good. Says, this is the way of life. They must never forget Tiny Tim. And the camera pans over by the fireplace where Tim's cane sits. And kind of, I mean, and what Andy was saying about not being bothered by it. I mean, I, these were people in a time where death was never far away you know i was thinking about that that's right this was a, an unfriendly time to be children died a oh lot. yeah especially if you're a kid for sure mm -hmm. every family had children that died well we find ourselves back in the churchyard it's dark and windy the spirit guards the spirit guides scrooge towards a grave scrooge asks the spirit who the man was whose death brought so much happiness to others earlier and the spirit gestures towards the grave, says, this is it, you know. Scrooge asks whether this is a future that must be or that may be only. And events can be changed, he says. He wipes the snow from the gravestone and finds, of course, it's his gravestone. It's his grave. He's the guy they've been talking about. And uh, Michael Caine does some acting here, begs the spirit for mercy, says he's not the man he was. Then points out a good argument. Why would the spirit show him this if he was beyond all hope? It's a good point. Says he will honor Christmas and try to keep it all the year, living in the past, present, and future, and remembering the lessons the spirits taught him. So he's got it. He's figured it out. And uh, so Dickens is Dickens saying it's it makes you happier to give than getting a lot of gifts oh, yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big. Yeah. I think it's always been that way for me. I, I love yeah. giving. Well, yeah, that's a big part of it. And uh, well, Scrooge couldn't even take a gift well earlier, but uh, much <laughs> much less give one. So, yeah, I like the part about living in the past, present, and future. That was good. So he's sobbing at the spirit's cloak, and then wakes up to find himself back in his bed at home. And it's Christmas morning. It's snowing outside. And uh, even Charles Dickens and Rizzo are back. And uh, Scrooge. You mean Razor. <laughs> uh, Scrooge's <laughs> life, uh, says Dickens, is still ahead of him. And it can be changed. And Scrooge is very excited. 
he starts making plans to make everything right with everybody that he saw in his visions. And he throws up in the window. We get the scene where uh, a passing bean bunny, he asks him what day it is. And he says it's Christmas, of course. And Scrooge is very excited since Bean off to purchase the prize <coughs> turkey in the local store's window. He gives him like five shillings or something. Yeah, throws him a load of money to go get it. Uh, a few moments later, Scrooge comes tearing out of his house, wishing Merry Christmas to everyone who passes. He runs into Dr. Honeydew and Beaker, who are afraid to see him at first. But he offers them a large amount of money for their charity. I thought it interesting he didn't say how much. They whisper how much. So it's I do that in every of I know, movies. isn't that funny? And like on TV too. It's like I'll make you a big <laughs> offer, write it on a piece of paper and slide it to you. Uh yeah, no, a lot of money. And uh in return for his offering, Beaker gives Scrooge his scarf as a gift, and Scrooge is touched. So he's learned how to he learns the meaning of how nice it is to get something from somebody. Uh, Bean shows up with the prize turkey, and they all head off singing to Bob Cratchit's house. Uh, Scrooge is making it rain everywhere. Uh, everywhere he stops, he's throwing money <laughs> left and right. Everyone's excited. Uh, they make a stop at his office where he leaves gift wrap pails of coal for all his bookkeepers. <laughs> he stopped at Fred's where he shocks everyone with a pile of gifts. And Fred is kind of like, hmm, hmm. Where did he get the gifts? He had the uh, owner of the children's store to open up. I mean, when you're rich mm. enough, it happens, man. <clears throat> you just get bang on the store. And the uh, uh, owner of the shops is not going to turn down money. So if someone bangs on your door, you're going to go, go open your shop. Yeah, well, there you go. Money talks. And yeah, they probably all lived yeah. above their shop. So it's, it's not like they were That's, they know, did. They else. did. So, yeah. Got gold outside. Yeah. Uh, Scrooge even finds his old school teacher in Fozzywig and gives them gifts. That was nice. They wound up in the same home, I guess. Uh, and he gives food to the hungry and cheese to the mice. There were lots of mice in the walls that wanted cheese before, and he uh, hooks them up. Everyone's, everybody winds up at Bob Cratchit's, where Scrooge shoes them away so he can pretend to be his rotten old self. And... Bob is surprised to see him. Scrooge starts reading him the riot act for not showing up to work that morning. Scrooge says, I've had my fill of this. And then Mrs. Cratchit comes tearing out, says she's had her fill of it as well, which I love that. Of course, Piggy is going to uh, strike back. Yeah. Give me my not put right. up with this, this, these shenanigans. Uh, they get in a back and forth and Scrooge finally yells that he's about to raise Cratchit's salary. And everyone's surprised. Scrooge says he's going to pay off Piggy's Bob's mortgage. Though. Bob's got a mortgage, man. That's doing pretty good. Yeah. But when he says he's going to give you a raise, Piggy says, uh, I'm about to raise you right <laughs> off the pavement. <laughs> 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 oh, I love her. Oh, that is a good line. Uh, Scrooge brings in the huge turkey dinner, and Dickens says that Scrooge comes through. Tiny Tim doesn't die. Scrooge becomes a friend to all. Tiny Tim gets in his God blesses everyone and everyone has one final song as they sit around the feast table. And as the camera pans through the large crowd and in a really cool shot over the rooftops of London, we reach the end. Ho, 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 ho. 
It's in the singing of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting warm by the fire. It's true wherever you find love. It feels like Christmas. It's kindness that we share with another. A sweet reunion with a friend or a brother. Hello. In all the places you find love, it feels like Christmas. It is. Ray. You know, I think it's just Oh wow. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hot hot. <laughs> I think as we get into talking about our conclusions, obviously Michael Kane's performance is gonna come up, but I just wanted to say that I just think he is so realistic in the way his uh, the whole trajectory goes, and I kind of miss the really overblown Scrooge at the end, but he kind of plays it a little bit more just realistic. I mean, very pleasant and excited, but um, I do like the versions where he like acts mean and then he's like, ah, I'm just messing with you. Know, like Mickey's Christmas Carol's really yeah. good at that. Um, oh yeah, he does play it but, out uh, in that's just and he, he goes on for a while yeah, with yeah. his like, scheming. Yeah. But, uh, but credit to Michael Caine for just, yeah, he just is right on, I feel like. Yeah, agree. Um, which is a good way to start, you know, uh, reactions to this from everybody. What, what did you all think? My favorite Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Your favorite Muppet movie or your favorite Christmas Carol movie? No, it's not my mm-hmm. favorite Christmas Carol. I, I have many favorites. One for okay. every mood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, there's plenty to go around. All right, so better than Mickey's Christmas Carol or worse? I say better. Oh, yeah, better. I think nostalgic wise mickey's is better but this is probably a better yeah. film it's more substantial i mean mickey's wasn't uh like a full, full a 24 movie, minute yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's hard short. to compare i really like mickey's though uh but yeah this one is just so much a larger scale um i think it'd be hard to say it's better than muppet i just mickey love the muppets so whatever, much muppets. they just crack me yeah up. I've my entire life I've been a Muppet fan. I'm into it, man. Did you watch the Muppet Show as oh, yeah. a child? Oh yeah. The first, the very first movie I went to see, I I, I obviously don't remember it because I was like maybe not even one years old. But the first movie that my parents uh, took me to a theater was the Muppet movie when the first Muppet movie came out. But I don't remember oh. it. But I was there. Gone with a Schwinn. Got the T-shirt. <laughs> I feel like this, you know, this era, even after Jim Henson died, it's just coming off of like another high point for the Muppets. Um, I mean, I feel like Muppet Vision is such a great little film. And so they're still got the most of the crew together from that. Mm -hmm. And it shows they're operating at a very high level and all the stuff just looks Mm -hmm. so great. Was this the first, um, version of like the Muppets taking a some sort of classical literature and then was this the first one they did in a movie I, I think, think so. they did oh, a lot like in the 70s they would do like sort of almost like fractured mm-hmm. fairy tale version I know they did a, a version of the frog prince with Kermit I mean they weren't like movie movies but they were right. like yeah I remember that mm-hmm. one. they did TV the pirate special. one that was after yeah, the, the treasure that island, was treasure island. Yeah. that came out yeah. uh, they did like maybe they maybe even did a Cinderella with I can't remember, but I know they did the Frog Prince. So they would do little, like the Muppets, um, musicians of Bremen and things like that. So, yeah. 
I thought it was great. I thought it felt very Muppet-like. <clears throat> it, it seemed to hit on all those cylinders. You had, I think you got enough screen time for everyone. I, I like Kermit, but Kermit's not my favorite Muppet. And I think we got just the right amount of Kermit in this. Um, I wish the, I would have loved to have had a little bit more Piggy. Uh-huh. Piggy is, oh, she's it's so, so good. Um, but when she was on screen, as always, she shined. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was great. I thought the production was fantastic. I thought you know everything looked great. Uh, we've talked about the models and all the work that would have gone into it to make it look as good. They had live sheep coming down the road in yeah. the opening scene. I, I, I Whenever I saw a real animal, I thought, what would the real animals think of all this other crazy stuff going on around them? Or were they just like, whatever, yeah. you know, <clears throat> not a lot of puppets. Around. Yeah. You know, and, so and, how about this? If we can't compare Mickey's to Muppets on a whole, uh, who plays the better Bob Cratchit, Mickey or Kermit? I think Mickey does. I think Mickey does. I, I, agree. I agree. That's a tough one. I don't know. And I love, I love Kermit. But uh, I think I prefer Kermit to Mickey, but I, I, I feel like Mickey really got Bob Cratchit down. I, I thought Michael Caine was a better Scrooge, though. Oh, that's blasphemy. But yeah, he, they're both both high marks. Better than Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love Piggy. I love the scene where she's like I do. Uh, cramming chestnuts in her mouth. They're like, we're, we're supposed to save the chestnuts to dinner. And she's like, I'm. She's got a mouthful of chestnuts. I, I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm testing yeah. the cooking. Yeah, she's yeah. stress eating. Well, we hope you enjoyed our special Christmas Carol episode with Elise McSwain. Yay. Thanks to her for joining us, of course. Yes. Yay. I enjoyed so being much. here. Hopefully it gave you all, the listeners, some fun insight, not just into the Christmas Carol story, but the story of Robert's childhood with his fun, <laughs> yes. very fun mom. And I would like to add that she is what who lit the Disney fire in me. I think Jeff and I were destined to be friends from the get-go, hanging out at his little tyke's table in the early, early days, it was those family trips to Disney World we took together that really solidified that relationship with the Crawfords and Disney. And uh, it has brought me here today co-hosting this podcast with you all. So I don't just want to thank my mom for being here uh, to talk uh, about this film, but for being instrumental in getting me to this podcast in her own little way. Wait, wait, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Does this make her the founder of the feast? (laughs) There you go. go. (laughs) Founder of the feast. There's your there's your Christmas sweater right there, at least. But did you have a story? Do you have a story to tell? It just left me. Uh, Oh no. (laughs) Oh, it's something about Michael and Oh, I know. We were eleven o'clock with young children coming out of Magic Kingdom one night. At 11 o'clock. And your father said, we sucked the very marrow out of this place. (laughs) I'll never forget that. Classical. That sounds like an Elmer Crawford one, actually. That's right. Um, (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. That's how we used to do it, man. Very hard. I can't believe when I think back about how hard we would go from rope drop to closing and my goodness, I couldn't do that. Today. Exactly. Yeah, there's no way. Oh, gosh. Duck and I can only last about three or yeah, four hours okay. now. <laughs> Nick, uh, and Robert, my goodness, he goes through there like a blizzard. <laughs> he's just like D-Day. He's, man. he's got his agenda. Yeah, we still, we still kind of 
hit it hard, but not that hard. Well, let's give the listeners a quick reminder as to what the new year holds for us, Robert. So we like to kick off the new year around here with a big adventure film. And this year's film is a doozy. If Christmas Carol is my mom's favorite film, our adventure film this year is one of my father's favorites. You know, we said that uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was his favorite, but this one's neck and neck with it. And it's the definition of, event, of an adventure film, too. And in January, we're going to set sail with Captain Long John Silver and go away, and go away to Treasure Island. Ooh, Not Muppet Treasure Island. Yes. So, Just Treasure Island. Not Muppet Treasure Island. Not yeah. Black Spot. <laughs> and after that, we have a full slate of what I would call our strongest home stretch lineup to date. Would you all agree? I don't know. What uh, is yes. I mean, the stuff, I yeah. I think, especially <laughs> the end, yeah, which is probably fine. Okay, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I gotta watch it anyway. The season finale is, uh, you know, the goat. So, hey, Andy, what yeah. are you doing over there? I'm just hanging out. No, he doesn't have. <laughs> Would you like a piece of pumpkin pie <laughs> oh, yeah. or apple pie? <laughs> good. He doesn't have a script in front of him. <laughs> do I need to? Do I need to look at something? Let me yeah. I can pull it up here. Hang on a second. Sorry, Jeff. I did not know. <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> Who's asking? That's <laughs> yeah. right. Find your own business. Are you, are you, are you watching me? Uh, let's see. Hey, Andy, what are you doing over there? Oh, don't mind me. I just got my Christmas cards in. Christmas cards? Christmas What's card. a, what are those? Harry <laughs> Christmas. Christmas cards. Oh, oh, Christmas cards. Okay, yeah, I thought there was that. something else. Oh, uh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet they look good because uh, whoever did them is known for making you look good. Am I right? You are correct, sir. Say, Mom, who's do- <laughs> who's doing your Christmas cards this year? I have no idea. What? What? I don't. What? I don't know. How could what? you not have this planned it's, out? Or you know, Thanksgiving has passed. I know. But I've had I'm under a lot of pressure right now. So you're busy this Christmas. Well, well. I start. I haven't even started my Christmas poem. Oh, then, then oh, no man. things are. Now, that's bad. the real shame in all this. Yes. Yeah. You know that's that's when things are tough when the Christmas poem's not coming out. So um, if you need someone to help you with your Christmas cards, I know who you can turn to. Yep, we do. Who? Ignorance and want. <laughs> or Todd Naprick at bindandgraphics.com. That's B-Y-D-A-N-D graphics.com. Todd makes you look good. Todd can do all kinds of things. He can do Christmas cards. He can do Hanukkah Christmas cards. t-shirts. He can do B- business Christmas cards. He can do Christmas cards. cards. He can do Chris- Harry Christmas cards. <laughs> Christmas card, Kwanzaa cards. He can do it all. Yeah. Okay. He, he's on Upworks. Do you know about Upworks? Hmm. But you know who I am, and I know who Todd is. So. Well, I know who Todd is, too. And you know who Todd is, too. Who yeah. doesn't know who Todd is, right? Todd, Todd's amazing. Todd is amazing. <laughs> and he's going to make you it. look good. <laughs> he really is. He's going to make you look good, at least. I mean, you look great already, but he's going to make you look really good. Yeah, he's going to have that poem just drop shadowed just right. Everything's going to be perfect. Today. I can see it now. <laughs> Maybe today. Quick turnaround for the holidays. Yes. That's what Todd does. Get a deadline, send him your deadline, he's going to work with you. Guarantee you'll have it done and or your work done in 24 hours. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a guarantee. But that's a Todd, Did a that's Todd, Todd Nebrick Express guarantee. service. That's the binding, that's a binding guarantee. 12 hours or less. <laughs> <laughs> no, Todd does good work for us. He's usually tolling for us late at night. Um, I will ping him at 1 a.m. sometimes, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that for you. <laughs> 
he gets it right. He's back the to Waffle me. House of graphic design. He shops. is the Waffle House of graphic. <laughs> if he's design not designing, shops. then look out because there's a hurricane coming. <laughs> so go look him up for your Christmas cards and for all your graphics needs because he does great work for us. So make you look good. Happy holidays from your friends at the Medfield College Film Society. And have a safe and happy holiday season wherever you are. Wherever you are! Proud of me and mighty Redfield, how my mother dear. All your sons and daughters hail to me, Redfield College of Technology. And while we hold your banner high, rock, rock, we shout your praises to the sky, rock, rock, for proud of me and mighty Redfield.